So I find it interesting that we have a story today talking about how Taco Bell hot sauce packets are enjoying unprecedented demand on eBay, with some listings asking for significant amounts of money. Well, sure, I mean, you can buy packets of Taco Bell hot sauce on eBay, and if you're willing to pay the price, you know, bless your heart. They say that some are asking for one is just $12.90 for a rare packet of hot sauce. And others are having even a rarer packet that was printed without one of the funny sayings for $24,999.99. Now, are you, are, are you selling it for that price on eBay? Probably not. If someone gives you 25000 for your Taco Bell hot sauce packet without the funny sayings, I mean, good. I'm happy for you. And I'm happy for the person who bought it and thinks that they have this great product that they just purchased. What I find, and that, that's America, right? I mean, if you have a product and you put a price on it and somebody pays you for it, then that product is worth that amount. I get it. It's, a, you know. It's a wonderful thing. That's what makes America great and really the world. What I find interesting is that I can purchase a rare packet. I'm sorry. I can purchase what is billed as a rare packet of Taco Bell hot sauce for $25,000, $24,999.99 to be exact. But I can't get a Dr. Seuss book. Huh. It's really... Really, really weird there, isn't it, eBay? Yes. Yes, it is. Hey, welcome to Chewing the Fat. All right, just a couple of, uh, a couple of stories that I did yesterday. I'm going to just bog you down with some facts real quick. Uh, I mentioned the digital detox from reviews.org yesterday, and I mentioned that uh, they're going to announce the Detox Challengers on March 29th. I feel like I said that was the last day you had to enter to. And so I didn't go back and uh, listen, which probably would have been a smart thing to do. But I decided to just let you know that the last day is Friday, March 26th, 2021. So if you're listening to this live on the 24th of March, 2021, or before Friday, March 26th, 2021 at 7 p.m. Eastern, you still have an opportunity to apply to become someone who could be selected to be the detox challenger from reviews.org. They're going to announce the winners on March 29th on their YouTube channel, but you have until Friday, March 26, 2021 at 7 p.m. Eastern to apply. And one more uh, boggy down with facts update, Demi Lovato. I talked about her documentary and uh, where her uh, parts, uh, her part where she mentions about being California sober was going to drop on April 2nd. Well, it's a four-part documentary, and a couple of those parts have already dropped. So the episode that is dropping on April 2nd, where she talks about being California sober, is part of her four-part YouTube documentary. But hey... Go ahead and watch all four parts of the Demi Lovato documentary and buy the new album too and enjoy the California sober. All right. So yesterday 
we got news of an Arizona man who was arrested on uh, Monday of this week after he, well, the story says allegedly, but I guess he hasn't been found guilty, but he did uh, hold a caravan of National Guardsmen transporting COVID-19 vaccines uh, to Texas at gunpoint. Now, this man, Larry Harris, 66, of uh, Wilcox, Arizona, I love Wilcox, Arizona, is accused of following and making several attempts to run the vans off the road. And then he, it worked, right? He got the vans to pull over and he had the gun, the guardsman get out of the vans and he started searching their vans. (laughs) Uh, He thought it wasn't after the COVID-19 vaccines at all. He didn't even know that they were transporting COVID-19 vaccines. What he thought is that someone in the vans had kidnapped a, uh, a lady and a young girl. So he got them out and started searching the van. Now, I have a question. All right, so 11 of the guardsmen were in uniform. None were injured. And uh, none of the guardsmen had a gun why i don't understand i don't understand i mean they just hey, we're driving vans we're national guardsmen we don't need to be armed we're just kind of if you're in uniform should you not have a weapon i that maybe that's just me <laughs> i don't understand why they weren't armed now if they were armed you know bad things would have happened worse than what did happen, right? The police showed up and he had, he had his loaded handgun, a, uh, Colt 1911, and he had another loaded magazine in his truck. Okay. So he told police, he thought the people, you know, had kidnapped a woman and a child. Okay. So, uh, it didn't turn into a bad situation really because the guardsman didn't have a weapon, right? And he wasn't going to, shoot these guys up he thought that they had kidnapped a woman and a young child now when the police showed up he the police say when we showed up he put the weapon into his pants so he knew that he shouldn't be waving i mean he wasn't completely out of his mind he actually thought that there was a kidnapping an ongoing kidnapping and that he was rescuing a woman and a young girl so I don't know how, I mean, I, I guess I get the original arrest now, but they're talking about how he could face 20 years in prison. No, come on now. He didn't hurt anybody. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and interference with Texas military forces. Well, he didn't know. And uh, Ignorance is no excuse, Jeff. I know, I know. But if he truly believed that someone was being kidnapped, and he was going out of his way to make, you know, to, to rescue them. No one got hurt. He put his weapon in his pants or, uh, you know, not waving it around when the police arrived. And, you know, obviously what he thought was wrong. I, I don't know. I just find it. I mean, give the guy 20 years for that. Mm, I don't know. Get a good lawyer, please. 
Now, you know, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, and if you haven't, welcome. How are you? Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat, and thank you for subscribing and coming along for the ride. I appreciate it. And so if you're new, I'll let you know that I believe that I should be put in charge of the Postal Service. Now, I always wanted to be Postmaster General, but I found out that if you're on the Board of Governors, you really have more power and you're over the Postmaster General. Okay? So I should be a part of the United States Postal Service. I am, uh, you know, I, I believe that I could, you know, turn that place around. Now, the Postmaster General today is Louis DeJoy. And he said earlier this week that the agency, he has a new plan that he believes will help it break even in 10 years, which, okay, but he's going to raise prices faster, slow some of the mail delivery, and continue to close some of its facilities as part of this plan. Now, uh, when you go down and look at some of the numbers, it's pretty incredible they claim that they can no longer afford to maintain a network that can deliver a piece of mail in three days, whether it's going 300 or 3,000 miles. It delivered less than 88% of mail designated for three to five day delivery on time in 2020. Wow. More than seven percentage points below its target. Now, with the goal of slashing air transportation by 43% for first class mail, Wow, I mean, that's that's a lot. Uh, letters sent within the continental United States could take a maximum of five days under the new plan instead of the current limit of three days. Wow. Now, the chief retail and delivery officer noted that 70% of the first class mail would still be delivered within one to three days and the changes concerned the fringes of our network. Yeah, the fringes of our network. Look, you might be in the 70% that get it delivered within one to three days, but Dave, you're on a fringe, you know, you're not going to make it happen. So it projects that it's going to raise its prices to generate between 35 and 52 billion over the next 10 years as part of its delivering for America plan. And uh, DeJoy vowed to use his new authority to raise rates above inflation judiciously. Uh huh. It also expects to grow package revenue by 19 to 29 billion. If you're slowing down deliveries, how are you expecting to grow package revenue? Uh, I don't know. They're launching a new uh, suite of services called USPS Connect aimed at boosting retail deliveries shipped from stores. Neighborhood businesses will have increased access to local drop points for same or next day delivery and high volume shippers will have access to one or two day delivery. Businesses will be able to reach 90% of the population in one day and 95% in two days. That's what they're hoping for. So they're getting rid of, you know, grandma mailing a letter to her grandkids. Uh, That might get there, you know, that'll get there sometime in the future. Don't worry about it. Quit your whining. They'll get it sooner or later. So I got to dig in a little bit more of his plan and see what he's doing. But if you're talking about cutting processing, more cut processing plants and consolidating, you're looking at a number of jobs going, bye-bye. So, I mean, you're looking at, they're talking about hiring new people and they have hired new people. But they're looking at slashing other people, like 60,000 jobs. That's a lot. 
a lot of jobs. And it plans to reduce losses by $44 billion through new flexibilities in setting rates. What the heck? Focused? I got to figure. I got to I gotta dig into that. We have got to get that. Uh, that has to be a CTF breakdown on that. I want to see exactly how he plans on doing that. Uh, you know, Lewis, you should have called me. I've been telling you all along to call me. There's some other direction that I'd like you to take a look at that could probably save you some money and also make you some money. Uh, you may have to invest a little, which, you know, you might gain as far as you're shutting down some of your, some of your facilities, but I don't necessarily, I'd be interested to see what he considers, you know, the fringes of being delivered. And, uh, you'd think that, you know, I don't want to give you away any of my secrets, but uh, there's a couple of other deals that I would put on the table that perhaps you could work on that would consolidate a few things and, uh, you know, help, I don't know, make some money instead of being concerned with not even breaking even. I mean, good, he's at least trying to get the place to break even in 10 years. So, I mean, there's at least there's some kind of plan on the boardroom table. Let's hope the Board of Governors will take a look at it and, you know, call me. Call Chewing the Fat. Come on the air, Lewis. I'll be happy to talk to you. We'll just work out some things. We'll get this thing turned around for you, okay? Oh, no. Uh, this is kind of uh, disheartening. Uh, a study uh, from the UK is uh, suggesting, well, I mean, the study found a link between greater consumption of processed meat and higher rates of Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. <laughs> and at the same time, it also found a possible link between eating unprocessed meats and a lower risk of dementia. So if you eat bacon, jerky, hot dogs, ee you know, diets high in these foods are linked to conditions such as type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, some types of cancer. And now this one even pointed to processed, you know, increased risk of neuropsychiatric symptoms such as uh, bipolar depression. And now it could raise the risk of dementia in people later on. So stay away from the processed meats. That's not good for the process. <laughs> the processed meat industry, I'll tell you that. Look, we all know that hot dogs and bologna, oh, you know, anything like that is bad. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not bad. Anything in moderation. You know me. If anyone, if, if anyone knows moderation, it's me, Jeff Fisher on Chewing the Fat. Duh. So the study relied on population data from the UK Biobank, an ongoing research project that's collected health and genetic information from around half a million residents ages 40 to 69 between 2006 and 2010. As part of the project, volunteers filled out a questionnaire about their diet at the start of their enrollment and the periodic online surveys for, for up to 16 months after. Now, the researchers were able to track the health up outcomes of these participants, including whether they developed or died from dementia. And that's, you know, they could do that because of the nationalized health system in the UK. That's what they claim in this, in this story. So about 2,900 cases of dementia were diagnosed in the entire group during the average eight-year follow-up period. 
then they had tried to account for people's diets and they found a clear association between processed meat and the risk of dementia. But they didn't see the correlation when it came to other types of meat. So the associated risk of dementia rose by 44% for every 25 grams of processed meat eaten daily. So if I have, say, like, I don't know, a dozen hot dogs on Saturday, does that count as 25 grams a day? (laughs) Or is it just like one chunk and then I'm good? Then my body fights it back. I don't know. I'm just asking. (laughs) I mean, that's not good. That's not good that the consumption of processed meat, I mean, it's bad enough for you anyway that they found all these links to other bad things that could happen to you. And now it's also linked to uh, dementia. And that is one thing I do not want is Alzheimer's, dementia. Do I do not want to struggle with that at all. It's bad enough I can't remember stuff all the time now. Wait, is that part of dementia? I better get that checked. All right, let's go to the break room and have something ice cold to drink while we think about not eating any processed meat. That hurts. Hey, you know, I saw a story. We got, I mean, I've got a list. There's a, I have a huge fat pile of sex stories and one of those stories is uh orlando bloom and katie perry and you know who doesn't love sex stories between orlando bloom and katie perry but i love his answer he was doing an interview uh with the guardian and he was asked hey uh how often do you have sex and orlando had the greatest answer that i think you can give and I, I really appreciate it his answer was just not enough <laughs> and then he said we just had a baby though so you know it's okay i mean what a great answer right if you're Katy perry and you you know you're good and he's claimed that they abstained from sex for six months or he did until he met carrie or until he met katie but I'm sure Katie didn't want to stay for six months. I'll tell you that. But I don't know that. But they just had a kid. And, you know, they're struggling with that. And they're trying to get their life back. And you know she's she's working hard to get back to being Katy Perry. Because she doesn't want to be Katy Perry. She wants to be Katy Perry. I think you know what I'm saying. So what a great answer from Orlando. Uh, just not enough. We just had a baby, though. Uh great answer all right before we get into the uh full sex fat pile and i don't know that we'll get into the full sex fat pile today (laughs) but uh, let me remind you that if you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber to chewing the fat subscribe subscribe to chewing the fat it's available on a plethora of platforms it's available obviously on the one you're listening to it on right now and if you don't like that platform Choose whatever one you like. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever ones you like, whatever warms the little cockles of your heart. But most importantly, subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher because it will make your life that much better. 
on top of which everyone loves a freeloading subscriber because it's free to subscribe to the show. Nobody likes a freeloader like you're doing right now, listening to the show without being a subscriber. No, nobody likes freeloaders. So become a freeloading subscriber and subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So I see, I don't know, should I do, we do go to the, what are the sex stories? I mean, we could talk about the Spanish porn star, Nacho Vidal. He's been charged with reckless homicide. And you think, wow, <laughs> that must have been a heck of a movie. No, he was charged with reckless homicide, homicide after a man died during a ceremony that he was involved in with toad venom. And who doesn't love a good ceremony with toad venom? It's been an 11-month investigation from uh, Spain's law enforcement agency, the Guardia Civil. Uh, The investigation showed the victim, a photographer, died after participating in a spiritual or mystical ceremony in July of 2019. So, I mean... Is it his fault that this happened? According to this, the ritual took place in Vidal's home, involved inhaling venomous vapors from the burning scales from a buffo Elvira's toad. Now, who doesn't love a good, a good smoke of burning of scales from the buffo Elvira's toad? So it was a tragic accident, according to his attorneys, and. He's got, you know, they're just trying to bring it down. Apparently, they have tried to go after his cousin and another person that was part of this, you know, toad scale burning inhalation, mystical or spiritual, whatever whatever you want to call it. Uh, You know, you were smoking toad scale smoke. So they dismissed the cases against those two people. And now they're going after the the porn star. I, okay. Now I guess the amphibian, the toad releases a venom called 5-MEO-DMT, which is known to have hallucinogenic effects. According to the Addiction Center website, it's four to six times more powerful than the better known DMT. Or Remember, we talked about these. Yeah, we talked about the DMT, which uh, stimulates the production of serotonin and neurotransmitter, causing the feelings of happiness. And it's five times better than that. I mean, this is some good toad scale smoke. <laughs> so this, this guy, apparently, apparently, uh, he allegedly supplied the drug and failed to control properly the amount the victim inhaled. Can you control how much someone inhales if you're smoking toad venom smoke? I don't know. He could face up to four years in prison. Wow. Good luck, man. I mean, this guy, he's 47 now, but he's appeared in at least 10,000 scenes in his porn career spanning 26 years. So, you know. Plus, he owns a sex toy store. So, I mean, leave the guy alone. <laughs> right? Right. Leave the guy alone. Plus, we do we know if toad venom, uh, you know, is a chemical that uh, is really sh- hurting humans? Because now we have a scientist, Dr. Shannon H. Swan, 
an environmental and reproductive epidemiologist, in her latest book, Countdown, How Modern World is Threatening Sperm Counts, Altering Male and Female Reproductive Development, and Imperiling the Future of the Human Race. It's a heck of a book title. She believes that pollution is shrinking the size of men's man parts as well as lowering sperm count and fertility in women. All right. Uh, I mean, could it be true? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. She believes that in some parts of the world, the average 20-something woman is less fertile than her grandmother was at 35. And her latest research revealed that chemicals and pollution is seeing the volume of testes reduce along with the man part size and quality of sperm. And one of the biggest culprits is this thathylates. It's a chemical found in makeup and food and is thought to affect fertility and even cause a reduced sex drive. So they said that she claims that she found a relationship between women's levels and their sexual satisfaction. And there's a bunch of other stuff that are in, you know, in stuff that we're eating. This uh, parabens and atrazine and BPA, BPAs, this bisphersol A. And according to her, it's wreaking havoc on our systems. So, okay. I mean, I, I, do, I, do I think it could be an issue? Absolutely. Over the years, we've been putting this stuff into our body. In, if it's in food and makeup, whatever. And, you know, it's gradually getting in our system. And she believes that, you know, it's getting, you know, generation after generation, right? You are exposed to it. Then the baby, if you have a baby, the baby is exposed to it. And then now the baby is worse off than you and the baby is exposed to it again. And pretty soon we're down the, we're down the chain to where your thing is smaller and your sex drive is smaller and even if you had a sex drive because of all the chemicals in your body, you're not as fertile as you were. So you're not having babies and that's going to be the end of the human race. Oh my gosh. It's going to be, if you start working your way down that line, you eventually get to the end of the human race, which is why the end of her, the title of her book is says it's imperiling the future of the human race. Don't forget Dr. Shanna H. Swan. Her book is Countdown, How Our Modern World is Threatening Sperm Counts, Altering Male and Female Reproductive Development, and, and, imperiling the future of the human race. As long as humans are going to be, you know, removed from the planet, we might as well see what dogs are left for us, because I see where American Kennel Club has listed the most popular dog breeds of 2020. Now, they have 195 breeds on this list, ranked. All right, so you go all the way down to 195 is the Norwegian Lundhounds. Uh, nobody wants one of those. Those are not a favorite. And then when you go up to dog number 100, the Neapolitan Mastiffs is the 100 ranking in the most popular breed category from American Kennel Club. And then let's we could do the top 10, uh, the Dash Hounds, the 
pointers, German, German short-haired, the Rottweilers, Beagles, Poodles, Bulldogs coming in at five, Golden Retrievers coming in at number four, German Shepherd Dogs coming in at number three, number two is the French Bulldogs, and number one, the number one most popular dog breed of 2020, according to the American Kennel Club, Labrador Retrievers. So congratulations to Labrador Retrievers. You are the number one dog breed of 2020. So it's turned into a zoo a day story here on Chewing the Fat. Uh, Yesterday we talked about the uh, lion uh, in the Jerusalem Zoo eating rabbits and shocking people. Today let's go to the San Diego Zoo as Jose Manuel Navarrete, 25, went into the San Diego Zoo elephant enclosure to get a picture uh, posing with the elephant behind him. But of course, he couldn't do that alone. He thought he would take his two-year-old daughter with him. And there's a video of it. And he goes into the elephant enclosure and he's holding his kid and said, like, people are taking pictures of him and he's probably taking a selfie, although it doesn't, look, it doesn't look like he has he's taking a selfie, but people are taking pictures of it. And the elephant is not happy about it. So the elephant gives him a charge. Uh, looks like it's coming after him. And he freaks out. He sees it happening and he runs toward the fence. And the story talks about how he dropped his daughter fleeing from the elephant. I don't, I feel like watching it, you can't tell the way this tree is exactly what happened, but it looks like he goes to get underneath the fence and sets his daughter down on the ground, gets underneath the fence, and then, you know, obviously reaches back to get her. Uh, either way, uh, the elephant and the professionals all say that it looked like it was one of those fake charges, you know, from the elephant, where it's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to snort and growl and give you a fake charge just to get you out of the way. Uh, and if you are not going to get out of the way, then I'm going to run you down. Right. However, now he's facing a felony charge of child cruelty, including possible injury or death being held on a hundred thousand dollars bail. He's not getting out. (laughs) He's not even going to get arraigned until the end of the month. Wow. So he uh, purposely and illegally trespassed into the habitat. And just to get a photo with the African bull elephant. Now, we'll see. I mean, the elephant's been around since it was a little baby. And she even says one of the elephant people talks about how it looked like it was a mock charge. So, I mean, the guy, and that's why the guy, I mean, it was, that's what the mock charges are supposed to do, right? They give you the little run up so you get out of their way and move, which he did. So no one was harmed during the incident. I know police are investigating whether drugs or alcohol played a role. What about just stupidity? Just a bit, you know, I'm going to get on the other side of this fence inside with the elephants with my daughter so we can take a picture of it. And the elephant is like, uh... How about no? Uh, this is my space. Okay. Not yours there, Jose. <laughs> should he, it should be trespassing and, you know, all kind of, yes. Is it child cruelty? I don't know. My gosh, I feel I'm, stu- I'm stuck up for two, two would be criminals today. 
the guy who takes his two-year-old into the elephant enclosure and the guy who get runs off the van car caravan with COVID-19 stuff because he thought someone was being kidnapped. I, you know, are, are, do they need some kind of law enforcement slap in their hand? Yes. Should they be burned at the stake? I don't know. My original thought would be no. So we talked uh, a little earlier this year about Amazon installing cameras which were powered by AI in all of its delivery vehicles. And the lens was there to, you know, see workers yawn and not wearing their seat belt or dozing off. And the system would issue automated verbal alerts to correct the behavior, you know, for your safety. (laughs) So nice of them. Well, now apparently they're requiring all the delivery drivers to sign a biometric consent form which gives the company the ability to collect facial data. And uh, if they refuse, they might not be around long. Now, Amazon may use certain technology that processes biometric information, including onboard safety camera technology, which collects your photograph for the purposes of confirming your identity and connecting you to your driver account. The form, which was obtained uh, by Vice, according to this article, Read, using your photograph, this technology may create biometric information, collect, store, and use biometric information from such photographs. The technology tracks vehicle location and movement, including miles driven, speed, acceleration, braking, turns, and following distance. As a condition of delivery packages for Amazon, you consent to use the use of this technology. Now, their argument to that would be, you know, you sign it or you don't work, right? This is part of your deal. A lot of people are saying, oh, man, that is a privacy violation and a breach of trust. Well, is it? Is it if you're signing the deal and you know what's happening? I don't know. That's a tough one, man. That'd be tough to say, you know, you're out and you're waiting for a cup of coffee. Oh, there's not going to be time for it. Uh, There's not going to be time for coffee because Amazon is micromanaging your delivery service. So you better be on it and you better be ready to go. So, I mean, this technology is good because we want to be able to deliver people's packages safely. Okay. We want to, uh, we want to have community safety improvements. Accidents have decreased almost 50%. Stop sign violations have decreased 20%. Driving without a seatbelt decreased 60%. Distracted driving decreased 45%. Don't believe the self-interested critics who claim these cameras are intended for anything other than safety. (laughs) That's Deborah Bass, spokeswoman for Amazon. She also told CNBC that investing in safety across our operations and recently started rolling out industry-leading camera-based safety technology across our delivery fleet, this technology will provide drivers real-time alerts to help them stay safe 
when they're on the road. So it's all about safety and getting those packages delivered. It will the the information will never be used for anything other than knowing that it's you and that it's your you're the driver for this particular driver account. And the biometric information that we're getting is just for your safety. Duh. (laughs) This is, you know, I want to say, hey, you don't like it, don't work there, right? That's what I want to say. And I do kind of get it. But actually, what they're doing is they're going to end up proving that humans can't be good enough so... They're just going to, you know, automate, drive it with AI technology. And that will be safer and a lot better. And then maybe in the beginning, you'll have the AI uh, driving and taking and the human will be do the actual delivery from the van to the front door. And that will end because the human is not doing it fast enough and it takes too much time between the stopping of the vehicle and the delivery of the package to the front of the door. So we might as well just have two robots, uh, two AIs, uh, there, one driving, and maybe you don't even need a robot. Really. You just need, uh, you know, you just need the computer to drive the vehicles and you have a, uh, you have an actual robot that just has the package jumps out of the truck, delivers it to your front door, runs back to the truck and the truck takes off. Right. I mean, that, So it's coming. Sadly, that's what's coming. But for right now, the biometric consent is just for your safety and the safety of others on the road. Duh. So things are uh, still uh, shaking up at Harry and Meghan's place. Uh, Their chief of staff, the head person of Archwall, she uh, has said, uh, take care. Goodbye. Catherine St. Laurent, who was uh, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex chief of staff. And by the way, they're not the Duke and Duchess of Sussex anymore, uh, is stepping down after 12 months. She worked there for a whole year. And she's also the executive director of Archwall, like I said. And uh, I guess she's going to be a senior advisor. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll just, I'll stick around and help out if you'd like. Uh-huh. So the PR advisor in Britain, James Holt, is going to replace Catherine as executive director. Now that leaves Harry and Meghan with no UK press staff. Do they need one? So, I mean, that, look, uh, Holt becomes the global press secretary and uh, chief of staff, and he just oversees everything, right? He's the guy. I don't know that they, you know, need one for different, maybe they do, we'll see. I know that Harry uh, just took a new job as executive director of this Silicon Valley startup, Better Up Inc., which is an online coaching and mental health firm. The company already valued at $1.73 billion refused to uh, say how much uh, the Prince's uh, compensation package is, but he's already part of the leadership team and he is uh, 
hailed at the, as the humanitarian military veteran, a mental wellness advocate, and an environmentalist. And he's going to, he claimed, a quote from him, as I intend to help create impact in people's lives. Good for him. I, I hope that's, I hope that's true. I hope that's true. But I mean, you got a lot of fires. You got a lot of irons in the fire, Harry. You got the, uh, you got the Netflix and you got the Spotify and you got Megan uh, doing her thing and you got the kids and now you've lost your chief of staff and you got a new guy that's, uh, you know, running around taking care of things. A new guy here in the States. I know he worked for you in Great Britain, but it's a big difference. And he's going to also oversee Archwell. So you got a lot of irons in the fire, Harry. I hope it's okay. I hope maybe dad taught you well. Uh, you know, well, you can fall back on the palace, right? They'll give you, oh, wait, no, you can't do that because you've already, I mean, Megan's pretty much trashed that bridge. So, you know, the royal family is pretty, is doing okay, uh, doing okay without you. So, Megan is, uh, good luck. You know what? I should have made this part of the good luck, God bless uh, segment because, uh, I'll, let me say this to you, Harry and Megan. Good luck, God bless. So, my friend Ted Webb in Tampa, Florida. I worked with Ted at WFLA for 11 years of my life. And uh, we became really good friends. And I, I, I love him. And he's really been struggling as of late. And his son just posted uh, something to the Facebook page yesterday that talked about uh, how Ted's been dealing with health issues and that with dialysis and dementia being particularly taxing, he's been pushing and pushing, but he's had enough. And so he's going to uh, no longer continue to fight with the dialysis and he's ready to move into the next phase. And he decided to discontinue the dialysis uh, this week, the end of this week, and transition into a hospice home. And uh, he, you know, the son, Lee, who I know, I mean, I know the family, I know Lee, I mean, Lee worked for me at the station for a while at FLA. And I, anyway, uh, you know, wanted to thank everyone for the messages of love and support. And I just, you know, Ted's one of those guys that... When you get a little piece of them, you feel like you got a huge piece of them. And, you know, we we worked day to day with each other for several years. And we worked, you know, saw each other at the station, you know, er, you know every day, almost every day for 11 years. And, then, you know, we found we had the same birthday, January 29th. And, you know, we did... We did the morning show and we did, uh, you know, special events and we did special hurricane coverages and we, we did, and then we, we did, uh, you know, we had so much fun and we had, there's so many stories that, you know, you can't tell on the air. I could tell you off the air, uh, cause they're, you know, off air kind of stories. They're one-on-one kind of stories that you're not going to just share with everyone because they, you know, they have personal antidotes and, and maybe some things that aren't quite legal in quotation marks. Uh, you know, I mean, I still have the fart bag. We joke around on this show with the fart bag that came from Ted Webb. I mean, it's just, 
is, is what a, I mean, my favorite story, I think. I'll tell you a story, a quick story that I can tell on the air that I, this is, and Ted, you <laughs> one of the things that he used to do was he, you know, he always, he was on insulin because of his diabetes for years. And he always had his insulin with him, always. And so, you know, whenever, you know, he sugar would he get too high or, you know, you think you're going to have ice cream and cake or whatever, you up the insulin dosage. I mean, it's not as, you know, I, I realized that he wasn't following 100% of the protocol, but that was Ted and that's the way it was. But he always had the insulin with him and the needles and all this stuff. And so whenever he had to shoot insulin, if there were other people around that he didn't know, like guests of the show or guests of, you know, friends of guests of the show that were there to watch the show or, you know, the counterparts, the entourage of people that have, you know, you bring guests in and they have their entourage and it's just part of, you know, part of the, part of the deal. And he would have to, you know, shoot his insulin. And so he, he always liked to make people think that he had to shoot his insulin, like in his eye. And he would call somebody over that you didn't know him. And he would say, Hey, I got to, you know, can you help me for a second? And of course, everybody wants to help. That's the deal. You want to help you? Sure. What do you need? And he's opening up his, his works package with, for his insulin. He says, look, I, I, you know, I'm diabetic and I need to, I need to do my insulin. But the doctors told me that, uh, you know, my skin is, uh, is inflamed and I really can't, uh, I can't, I can't put the needle, uh, directly into my skin where I normally do, but, uh, I need to take this insulin, but the only place that I can, that I can shoot it and he'd have the, he'd have the needle and the syringe all ready to go is in my eyeball. And I don't have a mirror right now. So if I, here's the needle and he'd hand them the syringe. <laughs> And they would, and most of them would, they would kind of pause right there. They may not grab the needle in the syringe right then. They may pause and just kind of take that little half step back because he would go, well, here, just take this. And then I'm going to spread my, spread my eyelids apart like this. And you just put it right here off to the side. I'll look, I'll look toward my nose and you just put the needle in right to the, right to the edge of the eyeball there and just shoot it. You, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Just put it in right to the edge. And people <laughs> <laughs> freak out it was so fun and like you know i it was so funny because they were like no no i i i can't i can't do that oh i can't i can't are you are you sure you're supposed to you're supposed to put your insulin in like that are you sure and uh <laughs> they'd be like i oh, never mind never mind i'll just go do it myself <laughs> I'll wait till later. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> so funny. It's just I, you know, I know it's stupid. I got it, but it's just one of the things, and I, I, I love them so much. And gosh darn it, you just, you just don't want to, you don't want to think about people that you're that you were close to forever, and you know, I haven't seen them in a long time. We've talked on social media and personally on phone calls and phone texts but you know it's different when you're one-on-one -on -one in person and i just nothing but love that's all i'm saying ted you know uh, first of all you know i love tampa bay and you know i love florida and you know i love 970 wfla as the mothership i worked at other stations in tampa bay over the years and you know 11 of those years 
were at 970 WFLA and it's the mothership and I love it. And I also love, you know, Ted Webb and bless his heart and just, you know, say a prayer for him and his family if that's what you do. And if you don't say a prayer, have a nice thought or just think of Ted and smile. He would like that. And uh, if he ever made you laugh throughout the years, um, you know, just think of how he made you laugh and laugh again at it because uh, uh, I love him. And, uh, you, know, he's, you know, he is Tampa Bay. He's one of the few, along with, you know, Jack Harris. And they worked together on AM Tampa Bay for 30 years or more. Uh, you know, they are Tampa Bay. And Ted is definitely Tampa Bay. And I know he's been retired, you know, off the air for for a while. But uh, I love him. And just, you know, he's really struggling right now. And just have good thoughts for Ted Webb, okay? <laughs> 